for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Good everyone, welcome to today's Living Life. And if uh, this is your first time this year uh, tuning in to Living Life on the video, Happy New Year to you. Welcome to, to in some sense, technically the new decade um, of the 2020s. Um, but yeah, just a short while ago, it was Christmas, right? And we, our Christmas tree is still up at home. Um, and having a Christmas tree for me personally is actually a very new thing. It's very a recent thing. Um, I've been married for almost 11 years now. And um, so, yeah, I've had 10 Christmas trees in my life. The first couple were very simple. Then they weren't real trees. They were just kind of lights on a wall right, when we had a small apartment, so forth. But, um, you know, because our family growing up, my family didn't have Christmas trees. We didn't do Christmas trees. We actually barely even did Christmas presents. Um, that was just, you know, our family tradition thing. But my wife's family, complete opposite, right? Huge. They love Christmas. They Christmas tree all the time, Christmas presents under the tree and Christmas lights, and it was very important. That's why in the beginning, you know, our first, I think two or three years, we couldn't have a tree because our place was too small. So uh, my wife made a, like a light tree, string light tree on the wall. It was actually very nice. You know, now our family of five, we have a tree every year. We decorate it. It's very nice. It, you know, brings us a lot of joy, especially at night in the dark when it's lit up. So different families have different characteristics, traditions, trademarks of how they are a family, what makes them a family. Now, while most of these traditions involve some kind of activities, the biggest and main mark of being a family has nothing to do with activities or even doing anything. It is actually there and part of their lives before anyone is even born. So let's read today's passage and think about the marks of a follower of Jesus, of a child of God. First John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command, its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. 
Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. The first couple of words that we read in today's passage are, My dear children. And it's followed up with the father and then later brother and sister. Now, when John calls his readers children, he's not just referring to his status as an elder in age, but more as a spiritual father, right? Now, from tomorrow's passage in chapter 2, verse 13, it also says, uh, in terms of the father, who know Jesus from who is from the very beginning, right? Who know more about Jesus, basically. Now, family intimacy is very much what John has in mind from the beginning of today's passage. Family, being one family through Jesus. And in today's passage, throughout, in three verses, we see three marks of a follower of Jesus that you should highlight that I'm sure you can notice as well. Verse 3, it's one who keeps Jesus' commands. Verse 6, who live as Jesus did. Verse 10, loves their brother and sister. So, keeps, lives, and loves. These are all verbs. These are actions that are doable by us, that should be done by us, that we need to do, right? And then there's one more thing. Verses 1 and 2, it says, another mark is, sins atoned by Jesus' sacrifice, atoned for by Jesus' sacrifice, right? Now, this is something that we cannot do. Right? This is done for us. This was done, already done. Right? This was done for us. I want to read to you a chunk uh, from the book, The Case for Christ. It's, one of the, it's the first book that I recommend anyone and everyone, right? in any and all walks of life, um, you know, whether they are old in the faith and young and so forth. It's, it's a great book, uh, Lee Strobel, The Case for Christ. Let me read to you an excerpt. Every other faith system I studied during my investigation was based on the quote-unquote do plan. In other words, it was necessary for people to do something. For example, use a Tibetan prayer wheel, pay alms, go on pilgrimages, undergo reincarnations, work off karma from past misdeeds, reform their character, to try to somehow earn their way back to God. Despite their best efforts, lots of sincere people just wouldn't make it. Christianity is unique. It is based on the quote-unquote done plan. Jesus has done for us on the cross what we cannot do for ourselves. He has paid the death penalty that we deserve for our rebellion and wrongdoing so we can become reconciled with God. Amen. Right? Not the do plan, but the done plan. That is what God does, has done for us. Verse 7 um, in the NLT says, Dear friends, I am not writing to you a new command, but an old one which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Right? So now the old command uh, is talking about keeping the law, right? living according to the word of God and loving others. This is something that the Jews had, have had all throughout the Old Testament since they left Egypt. Right? So it's nothing new for the Jews. They've had these teachings since, quote-unquote, the beginning right, of Israel as a people and nation. But now, 
these old commands are also part of something that is new. Still part of the old, um, from the old, but the truth of the Word of God, the light, the life, and the Son of God has been brought out of this old command and truth. Jesus, the Son of God, is the new command to be followed and lived by, right? Not by our human efforts, you know, and efforts of doing, but only by what He, the Son of God, has done for us, what He did already for us. In the old way, in the, in the Old Testament, the problem of sin was basically ne no, necessarily a permanent burden. It was there all the time. And we, they only had a temporary stopgap solution, the, the sacrifices. And there wasn't a lot of emphasis on not sinning because there was really no way out of their life of sin. The emphasis was more on obedience to the word, the law, and the commands of God. But remember that Jesus is the completion of the law. And I think, you know, as I was thinking about it, the emphasis on obeying and following the word of God in the Old Testament was training people to recognize and obey the word of God that became incarnate among us as Jesus, the Son of God. So now with Jesus, who shouldn't be new to them yet, at the same time is new, because Jesus, um, in Jesus there is a new and better way. We have the solution to the problem of sin. And the amazing thing that is that it is not something that we do, that we need to do, have to do. Sacrifices that we make and offer, you know, to brush our homes and our door frames with blood, you know, but the sacrifice, the bleeding, everything was already done for us. All we have to do is to believe and obey as God has been teaching us all along. Amen. New Year's always brings New Year's resolutions, and I think it's a good thing to have, uh, New Year's resolutions. But um, usually it's all about doing right more of this, more exercise, more of this, sometimes less eating and so forth. But let's not get caught up in our spiritual lives about doing or not doing. Because as I talked about, our faith and our relationship with God is more about the done, what God has already done for us. Our plan should be the done plan, not the have to do and not do plan. And over the next two days, I'll be talking about the problem of sin. And I think this is the basic, most important principle for us to remember. It is not about the do and the not do as much as what God has already done for us. So I pray that you would focus this year on the Word of God, what God has already taught us, what God has already done for us. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you uh, for this year as we begin, and even as we begin, uh, and as we, even as we thank you for last year as well. As difficult, as painful um, as it was, O oh Lord, and continues to be even, I pray that your word will strengthen us, that your word would grant us life, O oh Lord, and the, the perseverance, uh, the passion, even the energy to live, Lord, this year through everything. Uh, with your spirit in us, your, spun, your son in us. Help us to persevere through all things in Christ who strengthens us, Lord, your son, and your hope and light, O oh God. What you have already done for us is the strength that we have, the righteousness that we have. We thank you, Lord. We pray for your protection over us and our families. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Yeah.